What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to episode three of the Weekly Breakdown. This is the second time that we are recording this because we are better at doing video and not at podcasts. <laughs> Something was wrong with my mic when we recorded it earlier this week. But that's okay because there were some new news things that came out this week and we're excited to talk about them a little bit. And Briefly. my name is my name is Josh. And my name is Taylor. And we are the WDW couple and welcome back. Uh yeah, so we've had some issues but we're we're getting through it. Yeah, uh, Josh also had some spelling issues this week. Um, we just posted a video. Dear goodness. Would be tonight, but you're going to be hearing this tomorrow. So last night. And uh, he thought that hopping was spelled with one P. So he posted that we were bar hoping. <laughs> Walt Disney World and not bar hopping. <laughs> um, pretty much any time that you guys see a spelling error. It's Josh. It's usually my fault. It's usually something that I did. Yeah, it is. Because I have an education level of a college graduate, but it's realistically probably like third grade. Oh my gosh. Uh, Anyways, each and every week, the weekly breakdown is brought to you by Gold Gale Getaways. No matter the destination vacation that you are planning, whether you have big kids, small kids, or no kids at all, we have an agent who can help you plan your next destination vacation around the world or here in Florida or wherever you want to go. Uh, I'm smiling and partially laughing because the last time that we tried to record this, I had to say that about 10 times. It's true. Hashtag truth. <laughs> but anyway, we have mentioned this on our last two podcasts, and we just want to remind you that we are going on our first group cruise on Royal Caribbean's Harmony of the Seas on January 26th. 2020 to february 2nd it's a seven night eastern caribbean cruise and we would love for you to join us and by group cruise we mean that this is basically like the wdw couple cruise and we want all of our friends to come join us and if you would like to fill out a quote you can go to goldgalgetaways.com or you can go to our show notes and fill out a quote we will have a link there for you Yes. We are super excited. I can't wait to do this. It's, it's going to be a blast. Um, we actually um, put out a video not too long ago of some of the activities that we will be doing on the ship that you can see as well. So. And there, there are some corrections to that video. Uh, there were mistakes that were my fault mostly because I had misunderstood um, the, the lady that was doing the tour. But regardless, uh, those corrections have been made in the comments. So you can yes. those will be addressed there. Uh, if you guys don't know, this year I am doing the Dopey Challenge. This is uh, part of the Run Disney Marathon weekend. It's where I'm going to run Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, a 5K, 10K, half marathon, and full marathon, respectively. Crazy. And uh, I'm doing it with the Dragon Master Foundation. This is a foundation that was uh, created to help stop and beat childhood brain cancer. Uh, it's a great foundation. It's something that's totally different than than your normal ones, um, using open source information and basically trying to get everybody to work together to solve uh, solve the issue rather than just um, everybody kind of hoarding their own data and not really, mm-hmm. you know, giving back to the community. So um, each and every week, I've been trying to put out a video for run for the for the whole thing uh, for his training. This week is probably going to get skipped just because um we are oh yeah yes we are staying at the waldorf astoria all weekend um we were graciously invited over yeah we're excited um so i'm probably not going to get one up this weekend uh which is hopefully you guys are okay with that 
But um, if you guys would, or if you guys can, uh, I am taking donations. The donations are going directly to the Dragon Master Foundation. Uh, yes. It helps this amazing cause and what they are trying to do. And there is a link in the show notes that mm-hmm. you can click on, and it will direct you to that place. And if you can't donate, don't feel obligated to do so. Yeah. Um, but if you could, maybe just share this video or share the link with somebody else, uh, mm-hmm. and that would be absolutely amazing. Yes. And this takes us to the video clip of the week. I know Josh really wanted to say that. <laughs> Whoa. But Whoa. I did it before he had a chance. But anyway, I I did. Um, The clip this week comes from our friends Ken and Jen. You've probably seen them in a few videos before. Yeah, they we hang out with them like every time they come to visit. But uh, this video is from a safari in Africa. If you've ever Mm -hmm. been interested in doing a safari in Africa, this may very well change your idea of doing a safari in Africa. And this isn't a safari in Africa, as in Animal Kingdom Africa. This is real Africa, like the continent. Yeah, we're talking real, real. Uh, so we'll throw the video up here, and you might hear some feedback in the mics. And I guess we'll walk you through what's happening. And if you can hear what is going on, uh, basically we have a safari tour that is driving in reverse. They are trying to get away from what I can only assume is a bull elephant. Yep, that's what it seems like, because they normally seem to be aggressive, but... Literally, the elephant is chasing this safari truck. And I think the funniest thing about this video is that people literally, it's almost like they don't care besides the driver and like the guide in the front because they all have their phones and cameras out like recording this elephant chasing them. Like obviously, because that's how we got this video. Yeah, I, I don't know if maybe these people are just really used to this. Maybe this isn't their first one, but it is, I mean, it's crazy. Like this elephant is literally, um, throwing this jeep or this truck kind of like back and forth almost with its uh, trunk and its tusk and its head and amazing just something to keep in mind if you ever do uh, a safari in africa i kind of wonder if it's like a nonchalant shady tour group I'm sure that's probably not the case i'm sure that this probably does happen it's in africa they're wild animals like and if you have any interesting videos from your vacations, we would love to see them. Um, if you have not seen your video in our podcast yet and you have sent us a video, um, don't worry. We will get to it. Um, we have gotten some submissions, but maybe we're going to end up having to do more than one in a podcast or something because uh, I don't know if we'll do we've more gotten than a couple, but we'll see more than we're, one. But it just it, it, we don't record these necessarily like every like. Yeah. In, Whatever. Like every week. Yeah. We record them every week, but not like the day before we do it like we are today. This just is like a coincidence because our audio was horrible from when we recorded it earlier this week when we had time to do it. Yeah. But anyway, we mostly do theme park videos on our YouTube channel. We've been branching out lately, but because we love the theme parks and we live so close to the theme parks, we like to give you some news updates of what's going on in the Florida theme parks. So in Bush Gardens, um, Julia, an autistic four-year-old girl from Sesame Street who enjoys playing with her friends Elmo and Abby Cadabby, has now joined the characters that you are able to meet at Bush Gardens Tampa Bay. So that's kind of exciting. I like honestly didn't even know about this character until I read the article. Um, on their website. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, But guests can meet Julia in the all-new area 
called Abby's Garden. And we have links to all of these articles um, on our website and in our show notes. So you can always check those out for a little more information. We just try to give you the basics of what's going on. Coming from SeaWorld. This summer on select dates, you can head on over to SeaWorld Orlando for a special Sesame Street 50th anniversary breakfast at Sea Fire Grill. Uh, this breakfast features a delicious and nutritious buffet with morning greetings from Elmo, Cookie Monster, Rosita, Bert, and Ernie. Uh, this breakfast is a fun-filled experience sure to like kids and parents alike. Uh, we have actually talked about doing this. Uh, I have no idea if we'll have time to actually go I, do it. I Yeah, so we when we re- first recorded this, we had talked about it, but now... Uh, our weekends are just literally Crazy. packed full, and I don't know that we'll actually have time to go do this. Uh, yeah, kind of wanted to just because it's something different and interesting. Yeah, it and, is. And I'm sure kids really would like it that are interested. And in I mean, there's what like six characters. That's pretty, or that's, five characters. It's pretty decent, but I that's think, awesome. I think the price is about thirty. Thirty dollars. Yeah, person. something like that. And so, it's basically every Saturday up until the first weekend of September. Yes. So this is a limited time thing. So if you are thinking about doing it, make sure you get online. Um, there's a link in our show notes. You do have to have tickets to go to this. Um, this isn't just like a reservation you can book online. You actually have to get the tickets in advance. Um, but coming from Universal, um, there's a couple things going on here. So um, Halloween Horror Nights is going to be coming up here um, this fall. So very soon. And there's couple new houses, including MGM Pictures Killer Clowns from Outer Space. This has landed at Halloween Horror Nights. Go beyond the mayhem and madness of last year's wildly popular scare zone and step right up for an entire haunted house experience based on the cult classic film Killer Clowns, including baby... Oh, wait. Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Sorry. This experience will feature a gaggle of new characters, including baby clowns, Boko, and Clownzilla, as well as new scenery like clowns, circus tent, spaceship, and cotton candy cocoon storage room where they keep their victims. This already sounds scary because it has clowns. They also, uh, Sony... Pictures Ghostbusters is coming to Halloween Horror Nights, and I know a lot of people are really excited about this. It is going to be a haunted house, so um, it's celebrating its 35th anniversary, and you'll jump right into the movie screen of the original 1984 film and walk through some of your favorite scenes like New York Public Library and Temple of Gozer and more. So I I know we actually um, talked to some people the other day that are really excited for the Ghostbusters, so. Should be fun. And here is the very exciting news for Universal this week. I know some people were expecting a little more from this announcement, but here it is. Universal Orlando Resort announces its fourth theme park officially. Um, Universal's Epic Universe will offer an entirely new level of experiences that will forever redefine theme park entertainment. Guests will venture beyond their wildest imaginations, traveling into beloved stories and through vibrant lands on adventures where the journey is astounding as the destination. The new location will feature a theme park, an entertainment center, hotels, shops, restaurants, and more. Ultimately, this expansion will create more space and freedom to let loose and create lasting memories with the people you love. And we actually got that um, whole little thing I said there from Universal Orlando, um, like their official announcement. So 
that is what is coming. Uh, there is no date released yet. I know a lot of people already have been asking when this is going to open, um, but there is no official date yet. So we haven't gotten to D23 yet for Disney, and I just kind of wonder if this is going to change some of the announcements that are going to be coming out of D23. Specifically, uh, I've said this multiple times when talking to people, is the fifth gate. Are they going to announce set this year's D23 in competition with um, what we are seeing coming out of Universal, or uh, are we going to not hear about this until next year's D23, um, the year before the 50th anniversary? This is something mm, I'm really year? interested to see. I thought that they would announce the fifth gate at the 50th anniversary. I mean, it would make sense. Like at that D23. It would kind of make sense, but I kind of wonder, you know, if we're going to maybe start to see rumors that come beforehand and then they're just going to have to announce it. But I'm we'll, sure we'll see rumors. We'll just have to wait and see what happens. Um, pretty exciting time for Universal and what is to come. All right, moving on to Disney and coming out of Disney news this week, we have uh, some exciting additions and enhancements are coming to Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party and Mickey's Boo-To-You Halloween Parade at Magic Kingdom. Uh, Disney's Not-So-Spooky Spectacular, a new interactive treat trail at Monsters, Inc., Laugh Floor, an attraction up and attractions updated with the new Halloween twists. Uh, as far as the Boo to You parade with the Haunted Mansion section, a new addition is coming. The Spectral Bride, who glides among the waltzing spirits. I That'll don't know be... why we've been doing like these voices. I don't know, but... <laughs> anyway. I just, for some reason, it just happens. I can't control it. Does it does just happen. Um, a new Tomorrowland unit brings the Incredibles and designer extraordinaire Edna Mode to Mickey's Boo to You Halloween Parade, followed by Buzz Lightyear and aliens and alien explorers discovering crystalline treasures on the surface of a planetary playset float. Quite the float to follow the Incredibles. Mm -hmm. um, Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party kicks off August 16th with events held on select nights through November 1st. If you happen to be there on the 16th, you will probably see us because we will be there. Um... Pretty exciting, though. I, I'm excited to see something different for Boo to You. Yeah. Um, it's been a little while since they've had anything, I think, major change. But I love the Boo to You parade, parade so I'm glad uh, they're not changing it and they're just adding to yeah, it. Yeah, because it's, uh, I mean, it's obviously it's not perfect, probably, Boo but but it's a really great, it's you. probably one of my favorites. Okay, I'm going to stop because Josh and is making copy. faces. No, I'm just kidding. We're not going to get copyright claim for that. <sighs> oh, my gosh. Okay, so in other travel news, I thought this was pretty interesting. And um, Josh thinks I'm crazy because I, for some reason, thought that he really liked Twilight, which I never really watched Josh read a book. He listens to them on his phone, in the car, or whatever. And... That was he before. actually physically read no it was not before because it was a thing i remember my uncle jim uncle jim shout out right here here you go um my uncle jim used to listen to all the harry potter audio but it was on a cd whenever my family owned the golf course uh, he would sit in the pro shop I, when he was doing computer work and he uh, would listen to I the audio I was just books. going to say that I read books before we became so busy with our lives and the only time that i have to read or listen to Whatever. a book is in my hour commute to Tampa every day. So that's when I listen to my audiobooks. Whatever. But oh, anyway. No, anyway. Cast this... your spells, Harry. Watch out for Sirius Black, Harry. 
I'm listening to the Prisoner of Azkaban <laughs> right now. Obviously, that's not actually you know what happens. And but. this has Harry Potter is not what this is even about. But it's I was not. talking about books because Josh read the Twilight books and we watched the movies. But anyway, I didn't see the last one. Oh my gosh! Yes, you did. We watched it together. I must fall asleep. Oh my asleep. gosh! It's when they have a kid. Anyway. Twilight fans spoiler alert <laughs> can now rent the Bella Swan house on Airbnb. The house that was used as Bella Swan's home in the Twilight franchise is now an Airbnb. The Twilight Swan house, as it is now called, is open for bookings for mega fans who want to sleep overnight in Bella's room, have discussions about vampires over the dining room table, or look vaguely threatening while sitting on a motorbike in the driveway. <laughs> um just like Jacob. Team Jacob, Team Edward, let us know who you are with. That is still a thing. Um, <laughs> although the series was famously set in Forks, Washington, the Airbnb is located in St. Helens, Oregon, about 30 minutes north of Portland. The house itself dates back to the 1930s and has five bedrooms capable of sleeping up to 10 guests. Perfect for a Twilight fan retreat. Sure I think is. that would be cool. Sure is. Not that we're like ever going to be out that way. Maybe back when Twilight was a thing, but it's really not. Uh, it's really they not actually that say anymore. that Team Edward and Team Jacob has been like the biggest like fan base. Like almost ever. Is it really? L- literally. And it's still a thing, even oh though like, God. you know. Well, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> if you're but a anyway. Twilight fan, you can go stay in the Twilight house. <laughs> The Bella Swan House. Um, But you can check out most of these articles that we talk about here on our podcast on our website at thewdwcouple.com. And moving on to this week's breakdown, the Backstage Magic Tour. Uh, This was a lot of fun. This was awesome. We really did. I, like, could not quit talking about it for a couple days after we did it. Yeah. So it was a lot of fun. It, it's uh, it's definitely something that if you have the ability to, I would definitely encourage you to do so. Mm-hmm. Understand you are going to see backstage magic, which means you're seeing behind the scenes. You're going to see how a lot of the magic is made and is produced. And you're going to be backstage. And if that's something <laughs> that you're afraid is going to ruin the magic for you on stage, uh, I don't think it will, but something to consider. So, Yeah. But it was awesome. Awesome. I was not afraid it was going to ruin the magic just because I like to know how the magic works. But anyway. And that's the weekly breakdown. Well, it's good saying. I'm sorry. Wait, what? Okay. Let's, uh, Let's break it down. Okay. So this is actually from the Disney website. It says, enjoy a one of a kind VIP look at the inner workings of Walt Disney World Resort on an amazing seven hour journey through the Magic Kingdom Utilidors, creative costuming, Walt Disney World Central Shops, and more. Tour participants are among the select few who receive an exclusive look into the artistry, technology, mechanical marvels, and backstage stories that go into producing world-class Disney experiences. And that's actually a pretty good summary of what the tour actually is. I I mean, it's a very brief summary, but I mean, I think that definitely covers the whole thing. It's important to note that there are scheduled bathroom breaks. It is important to know that because if you don't, you don't want to miss anything. You honestly don't want to miss anything because everything they say, not that it's all super important, but it's all very interesting. And like, if you're a Disney 
nerd, basically, like we are, you're going to want to hear everything they have to say. So if you can, try and wait till they have bathroom breaks because then literally everybody goes, even the guides, and then you don't have to worry about missing anything during the tour. Yep. So I don't know if this is how all the tours start out, if all the tours are the same. Um, I think one thing that we didn't mention They last are time, all the same, actually. Yeah. Actually, we didn't mention this last time. Um, Ken had mentioned this to me before we got there. Um, sometimes things can be different. Um, it oh, says yeah. on so, the website um, that there are things that are dependent on availability of like what's going on in the park. So yeah. I, and and from what we saw, I don't know what that necessarily means. Um, if maybe something's being refurbished or whatever, I'm sure sometimes that they do change this up. So just be aware that what we're going to talk about today is not guaranteed or necessarily the same exact thing that you're going to see, but pretty good chance you're going to see mostly what we saw at this backstage magic tour. And Josh so. forgot to mention we did go with our friends Ken and Jen on yes. this tour. He mentioned Ken told him something, but yeah. um, anyway, Josh is right. They actually do change this tour. Um, so um, something we got to do on our tour, which we will talk about here in a little bit, they actually just added in March of this year. So um, where we actually went to lunch at Tiffin's and um, we got oh, to yeah. see Rivers of Light in the back um, of the Animal Kingdom. Um, that was just added in March of this year. You used to not be able to do that. So um, something a little bit different. So even if you've gone on this tour before, you can always go back and do it again. I'm sure there's going to be something else you didn't see. Um, I think there were people who said that they've done it before. but Yeah. For this tour, we started at Epcot. Mm-hmm. Um, we got there at... Jeez, I don't even remember what time we got there. I, 9 o'clock? 8 o'clock? No, 8.30? It was, 8 something? We got there pretty early. We're eight, always eight, early. I think it was like 8.30. Um, and basically you check in with the two ladies who are in charge of the tour for the day. And if you don't know, this is actually an Adventures by Disney uh, tour. So it's mm-hmm. a little bit different than your normal tours uh, for the park. But uh, basically what's really nice is that you check in and they took our meals they took lunch. our lunch orders, our, yeah. Our lunch orders. So mm-hmm. that way, whenever you get to Tiffin's, it's ready to go. Kind of helps to speed things along because obviously you're paying for a seven-hour tour. You don't want to spend an hour sitting there eating. So uh, that's really nice. Yeah, it is. And before we dive any further into this, spoiler alert, we're going to tell you basically what we did on the tour. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I kind of just figured that was, just so you know, yeah. just in case you weren't really sure what we were going to talk about here. Assumed. <laughs> but uh, what, don't ever assume anything. Now, we did take the camera with us, but obviously it's backstage magic. Yeah. I kind of thought that we would record in between uh, being backstage and on stage, but, you know, we didn't end up doing that just because it didn't really make sense. And mm-hmm. it was actually really nice. I, I was, you know, just able to relax and not having to worry about grabbing video or talking or anything. At the time, we could just relax, have a good time, and enjoy the tour. So um, when we got started, they told us that they will take pictures for us during the tour. Mm -hmm. And the first picture spot that they take is right out front, basically by guest relations in Epcot. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking at the Epcot ball or Spaceship Earth, um, that's located on the right side of where the ticket booths would be guest services over there. So we stood there. We held the, what was that? The Paddle Paddle of of Power and got a picture and it turned out pretty nice i did have a few complaints with oh for crying out loud framing and josh is being picky other things in there get over it (laughs) is what it is and uh from there basically after everybody had gotten their afro for man i got really got to work on speaking 
Yeah, you do. From there, we went backstage almost immediately. We kind of took a little backstage door behind guest relations mm-hmm. and jumped on to our motor coach mirrors motor coach (laughs) and what's really nice about the motor coach or the bus is that that is the same bus that you will have all day long yep so benefit of the bus was that i brought that backpack i left that backpack on the bus all day long Mm -hmm. um didn't have to carry it around didn't have to worry about it because it was our bus and nobody else was coming onto the bus and yeah um it was nice. So if you do bring stuff and you decide that you don't want to carry it with you or whatever, um, an umbrella, and you think you're not, going to ne- you're not going to need it, you can just leave it there on the bus. Yep. Um, but yeah, like Josh said, we got on the bus. We got our little listening devices um, because in these tour groups, sometimes sometimes there's only a couple people and there can be up to like 20 people in these groups, I believe. Um, so I think we had more than that. Really? I think so. It might have been close. But anyway, you get listening devices because um, if you're not standing right up next to the guide, you might not be able to hear them. So if you're like in a line and you're walking and they're talking, um, then that way you can hear them. Or if you're standing in like the back of the group, you can still hear the tour guides and what's going on. Take it away, Aaron. (laughs) We just had a little break there and I have to leave that in because that was hilarious when Josh just said, take it away, Aaron. That's from Harry Potter, if you didn't know. Uh, that, that doesn't happen in the books. But it happens in the movie, and we are now back to Disney. Um, but anyway, we got on the bus, and we rode back um, on what's called the Perimeter Road. That is actually the road that goes back behind World Showcase. And um, all of the parks except Magic Kingdom have a Perimeter Road. So... That's something that they eventually came up with. Um, but we rode the perimeter road. We talked a little bit about the land because that's kind of where we started at backstage. And then um, they told us some little bit of things about um, the other countries until we got back to American Adventure. And actually something I thought was interesting, um, when we were back behind um, Soren, some of the buildings are so big, they're actually painted like a sky blue up at the top. And that's to help them blend in with the sky because they're so much higher than the buildings and higher than the tree line that they can't exactly cover them up. So it's painted blue. So um, if you've ever been over near like um, Germany or China and you look way across over near the Canada Pavilion, um, across like World Showcase Lagoon, you can actually see the Soren building if you really look. Um, Josh said he's actually never even noticed yeah, it. Yeah, Taylor brought that up because it's and, so bl- and I don't it think blends that in. I don't think I've ever noticed it. And may- maybe yeah, I have. I, and have. I just, it just was paying attention. But um, if you've been to Epcot recently, when you're going in f- from the parking lot, if you've parked or when you're on the monorail, you can look and see Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes, it and it's the same thing. Way. And that is very obvious just because it's it's right there. But. Yeah, it's like right in front of you and you can see the whole building. But anyway, we got back to the American Adventure Pavilion. And um, because we're going into some backstage areas, <laughs> our dogs are barking. Um, but because we're going into some backstage areas and because um, we go into some like construction type areas and working areas, they give us some safety goggles to have with us for when we need them during the tour. Um, so we got our safety goggles, we got off the bus, and we went out into the front of the American Adventure Pavilion. Now, this was actually before um, World Showcase was officially considered open. It was after 9 a.m., but World Showcase doesn't open till 11 So we actually weren't even allowed to take pictures because that was still considered backstage because that area of the park was not open yet. Um, But I'll let Josh talk a little bit about um, 
A little bit about. Yeah, a little bit about American Adventure. A little bit about. Uh, okay, yeah, so. I thought you did a good job, like, reminiscing about American Adventure. I don't even remember. About Force Perspective. Oh, okay, yeah. So, basically, when we went back out front, um, if you guys don't know, the building, the American Adventure Pavilion, is actually a five-story building. You yes. might not know that from standing out front and looking uh, you know, at the front of the building, and that's because they use Force Perspective. And a, a really good example that the tour guides had, had given us was asking one of the members in our group to walk up to the doors. And from a distance, it looks like a like a normal-sized door. But once mm-hmm. somebody actually steps up to it, you'll see that that door is like almost twice the size. Yeah, it was pretty big. Um, I don't know how tall the guy was, but it's about a 12-foot door. Uh, and you wouldn't probably notice it right away until you actually walked up to it. And that is part of the forest perspective yep. from a distance. Um, so it is actually five stories. Basically, we walked inside, and to continue showing the force perspective type of deal, if you look up in the center of that area where the Voice of Liberty come out and they sing, it almost looks like that is domed, and it almost looks like that is domed up into the bell that or the tower that's on top of the mm-hmm. American Pavilion. And um, it's actually really not curved that much. It's Barely at it, all. It is slightly to give you that perception that it is higher than what it actually mm-hmm. is but um but it's not because there is uh club 33 is up there as well so yeah um something cool that's a little bit different and you know same type of feel it is with magic kingdom and the castle and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff force perspective is is used a lot to really help tell the story and the other thing is too is i don't remember when we talked about this but the American Adventure Pavilion was not originally designed to be colonial-like. Um, I think we actually didn't talk about this. We didn't. I thought we did. It was originally well, like supposed to be. Well, like we a, did talk about this, but nobody knows we talked about it because we're not going to use the footage from the podcast we recorded earlier this week because the audio um, wasn't good. But the, anyway, the building was basically like a was it like a modern contemporary? It was supposed to be like a six-story glass building. Um, and it was also supposed <laughs> to be up at the front of World Showcase. But, yeah. Um, for reasons that they thought, you know, well, if, if everybody comes into American Adventure, they may not want to walk around the World Showcase, so they moved it to the back. Yeah. Well, um, that's actually why Mexico and Canada are where they're at in World Showcase because American Adventure was supposed to be between them. And, you know, the United States is between Canada and right. Mexico. So. Um, but obviously a glass building would really stick out in World Showcase. Yes. Um, and so they went with this more colonial themed building, which I think looks really nice. I mean, who knows what the glass building would have looked like. There may be artist renderings out there, but those are all the way back from probably 1970s. Yeah, probably. Early, yeah, late 1970s probably. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, very cool. So we went inside, um, showed us more about the force perspective. And then we basically went down into the theater, right? Yeah. uh, So Josh forgot to mention, um, before we actually went into the theater um, where the escalators are at, if you pay attention, um, so when you go into American Adventure, you go into like the dome area, it's where the Voices of Liberty sing, and then you actually go off kind of to the right right. side in the back corner, and there's escalators there. And um, if you don't know, escalators can get, like, really hot from running all the they time. They generate a lot of heat. Yeah. Um, so normally you're riding an escalator, like, in a mall or something that's, like, a really big 
place. Um, it's very open. But this is kind of contained. So um, at the bottom of the escalator and at the top of the escalator, you probably wouldn't know this, but they have like these giant vents right there. And the reason you don't really notice is because they are covered up by these like ornate gold, like colonial American themed, like, I don't even know what to call it. It's not really a mural, it's but... It's almost like an iron grating. Yeah, it is. Um, it's like kind of like a grate, but it doesn't look like a grate because it's just so decorative. Um, but it's actually really cool that you don't really notice that there's these big giant black vents right behind them because they do a really good job of covering them up. Yeah, to help um, suck out but the... But that heat. was really cool because I never would have noticed that if they wouldn't have told us that. Uh, so from there, we went up the escalator. So we're mm -hmm. up the stairs. I don't even think the escalators were on. No, yeah, we had to walk up the stairs because it wasn't on. The park wasn't and, open yet. And um, when we got up to the next level, that's actually really where you could see that the that the dome is not as curved as what it would appear to be uh, from up there. Just because you're a little bit closer. Yeah. So it's easier to, yeah. to be able to see the illusion. Um, and then we went back down the stairs. Uh, and it's important to know that we went... Well, it wasn't stairs. It was a stairs, ramp. It's a ramp. Mm -hmm. um, but it's important to know that we went back down the ramp and into the theater because um, the way that that is designed is specifically so the show can run the way that it does. And they, they didn't really talk very much as we were standing in the theater because there's not really much to talk about. Yeah. Um, so the main draw of like this first stop at the American P Adventure Pavilion is to show you how the attraction actually works. And so we went outside and we put our safety glasses on mm -hmm. and then we went back down uh, some more stairs. Yeah, it was like in a back creepy door. Into like the actual first <laughs> level of the American Adventure Pavilion. Yeah. It's kind of like a basement, but it's not really a basement. Yeah. Did you want me to keep going or did you want to? No, go ahead. Um, and this is really where you're going to, this is like the first part of like breaking the magic. If, if that's something that you're worried about, this is the first place where you are really going to see how the magic works. Yeah. Um, and it's pretty incredible how it is set up. Um, this is an attraction that is original to the park Epcot. opening. Yeah. Um, so it has not been updated. Um, it has not been changed. I mean, I'm sure that it's been slightly refurbished to make sure that it continues to work. But yeah. um, it is still using computers from the 19, late 1970s, early, early 1980s. Mm -hmm. um, still using the same computing, computer processing because this is something that they had to literally design for this attraction. And what's really cool is that if you've never seen the attraction before, basically if you're sitting in the theater, um, the curtains will raise and you will see characters standing out on the stage. Mm -hmm. um, those characters rise up from the floor and they do like their little spiel. There's three different characters. So there's yep. center stage, right stage, and left stage. Um, they don't all come up at the same time, I don't think, for the no. most part. Uh, one will come up and then goes down and the other one comes up. Um, but that that's, I mean, that's interesting. It's cool, right? They're just rising up out of the floor. But that's not what is like the most intriguing thing about this. No. What I is, wish we could show you what it looked like because it was so amazing. So why? Because the reason why you go up across and then back down is because this entire thing is like a, I don't even remember how I, how I described it last time. It's like this, it's a machine that has all of the characters in line and mm -hmm. the very first people that come up are in the very back. And so everything slides up underneath the seats. And if you mm -hmm. maybe, I guess, go in there thinking that, like, I know what's going to happen, you might be able to really get uh, the feeling of it. But 
they all slide forward into the theater. And then as the show goes, um, the first set of characters will go up and they'll do their spiel. Then they'll go down. And then the whole thing slides. The whole thing. The entire thing slides. And then the next characters will come up. And then they'll do their thing. Then they go down and then it slides forward again. And then those next characters will come up. This is something that back at that time they... They literally had to create just for yeah. this attraction. That's why it's so hard to explain like how it works without showing you because it's literally one of a kind. It really is. Um, and it was it was amazing to see. And like I said, it it is original to that. So a mm-hmm. couple of people ask, you know, why don't you update the computer software or operating Why don't you update this attraction? Um, and the reason that they don't is because if it's not broke, then why fix it? And if you try to change or update the system now yeah it would create a lot more issues than it would solve so um it's pretty cool you can see they've got all kinds of like computer like equipment there like i don't i'm just gonna make up he has no idea what he's talking about cpus and cgis and oh my gosh just stop he has no idea boards circuit boards okay maybe circuit boards that's Um, the only thing you got right (laughs) But uh, all kinds of stuff there so that if something does happen, they can mm-hmm. replace it. And the other thing that's really crazy about this attraction, like, and how much stuff actually goes into it, not only is it this, like, one-of-a-kind device, but there are so many audio animatronics on this attraction that literally every single day, maintenance comes in, they check everything, make sure everything's running, and this is, like, early, early in the morning before the park opens up. I think up. they were saying, like, 3 or 4 o'clock. Yeah, And not only does, like, maintenance, engineering, whatever, come in and check it, so does costuming and cosmetics, and they make sure all these audio animatronics look perfect. They make sure that their glass eyes look good. They make sure that their hair is combed. They make sure that they don't need any touch-ups on their costumes. You know, there's no snags or rips or a button fell off. Um, Like, they literally make sure these are perfect, and... I mean, if you're sitting at the back of the theater, you're not going to notice if a button's missing. But, like, that's how much they pay attention to detail in this attraction, but, you know, all the attractions as well in Walt Disney World, in Disney parks in general. Right. Pretty crazy. It is crazy. Um, And, and I mean, like, I I really don't even know what else to say about it. That, That was, for me, was... I think was a really great way to start off the tour. Was it really to see was something like that um, because it's a one of a kind. Uh-huh. The entire mechanism is built specifically for that attraction. Yeah. Um, and it's crazy. My jaw was on the floor the mm-hmm. whole time. Yeah, I really because <laughs> I couldn't believe it. You could like take photos or video. I know it was, oh, it was so crazy. All right, so then next, I'll let you talk about what we did. Yeah, so next we actually went to Creative Costuming. And if you didn't know, um, Creative Costuming is now in, like, their distribution center area. So you don't even know it's the Creative Costuming building because it looks like all the other distribution buildings. Um, But Creative Costuming actually used to be over at Disney's Hollywood Studios or MGM Studios back in the day. And um, it was on the Backlot Tour. And if you've ever been on the Backlot Tour, that wasn't just a show. They didn't just have that little section of costumes that you got to drive through on the Backlot Tour. Like, that was legit where they made the costumes. But since the Backlot Tour is no longer there and they replaced it with Toy Story Land and now Galaxy's Edge opening up soon, it is now over at the distribution center. But anyway, we spent about 40 minutes over there. um, And outside, before you walk in, there's a little awning. And by the door, it says, The Hangar. 
which I think is hilarious because, yeah. you know, like a clothes hanger. Um, but anyway, this was like, so not so much at American Adventure, but once we got here to creative costuming, I was really thinking about how people um, are afraid to see backstage and they're afraid to go to Disney all the time because they're afraid that it's going to lose the magic for them. But seeing how everything was made and seeing how everything works and how they come up with all these ideas, I really don't think it could lose the magic. If you are a true Disney person, I would agree. None you won't this will not make you lose the magic. I would agree with that for yeah. sure. Um but anyway, when we walked in the main doors, um, they actually let us um, have some pictures of these. They took the pictures and shared them with us. Um, but when you walk in the main doors, there's like quarter scale, I believe, models of some of the princesses' dresses that are like very intricate and detailed. Um, I think they're from the Celebrate a Dream Come True parade that used to be in Magic Kingdom. Yeah, I'm pretty know. sure that's where those costumes are from. But anyway, when we walked in those doors and I saw those dresses and Amber, our one tour guide, started talking, Josh is making fun of me over here. I was uh, literally... I know. I was, I, was just, I was just making a joke in general that I haven't ever seen that parade. Whatever. But I was like in tears. And Amber... I wasn't even going to make a joke about you being in tears. But whatever. But Amber, our tour guide, looked over at me. She's like, oh my gosh, are you crying? I was like, I can't help it. I'm so emotional. I love this so much. But it was literally just so magical. And we literally had just walked in the door. Like, we hadn't even seen anything yet besides those little scale dresses. But anyway. And you're the reason why people hate adults that come to Walt Disney World. They hate millennials that go to Walt Disney World without children. <laughs> it was very cool. Um, one thing that I will add real quick, that not that it's even in really that important, but this was the first part of the tour where we split up into groups. So, yeah, it was. Um Basically, they just divided it right down the bus. Mm-hmm. Left side went in first. The right side went in after that. And uh, but it was so cool. Continue on. Yeah. Um, so we learned about all the different kinds of costumes that they have for cast members. Um, and there's a couple different kinds, actually. So there's operational cast members, entertainment cast members, equity performers, and then the audio animatronics. And um, the operational cast members are like the ones that you see out front that a lot of them are wearing like the same outfits those cast members actually get to take those home because those outfits aren't actually made at creative costuming because they're in such like high demand like so much bulk that it would be impossible to make all of those at creative costuming i think they said something like they get like five outfits or something or yeah like whatever. they get to take and, them and home and they're made by some third party overseas uh, yeah bulk that way, you know, just because it, the creative costume cannot handle the volume. What is it? I don't. I'm gonna make up a number. Fifty thousand. Stop making employees. up numbers and words. Fifty thousand employees. He on doesn't property. know what he's you talking know, about. You're talking custodial staff, uh, quick service, ride attractions, photo pass photographers, photo pass, all that kind of stuff. That those are operational cast members, mm-hmm. not made in creative costuming. But the cool stuff that is made in creative costuming. Yeah. And creative costuming actually decides what the operational cast members' outfits are going to look like and basically tells the other, um, like, provider what Yeah, they make the what design they're gonna and make. send it to them. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, 
We also got to walk through a little reference library, like hallway, um, that had swatches for, of embroidery and cloth from all different kinds of costumes. Um, and we also um, got to see um, some Pluto like medallions that are like on his collar. There were a bunch of different ones. What? They were really cool. Josh is like smirking at me over here. What? You just said, um, five times. And it's really funny because... And you said it with like six words. It's really funny because Josh says, um, all the time. Well, that's, I why, always... I was, well, that's why I was laughing because you always make fun of me, so... Call Sorry, me I was trying to think and... Well, I'll, I'll add, I don't know... Dogs if... are freaking out. Yeah, I don't know why they're freaking out. They always do this. I, I'm sure you, that you were probably going to add this, but um, one of the coolest things about being in that hallway was seeing some of the different like buttons and oh, stuff yeah. that they created mm -hmm. but my favorite one was the pluto ones for all the callers i literally just said that clearly you weren't listening to I me was... because you were listening to me saying um that's exactly what i was doing <laughs> <laughs> whoops hold on one second i'm gonna go check on these dogs oh my gosh you can keep talking okay well josh is gonna leave me for a minute so hopefully the dogs don't keep talking and i just heard the sully's little kitty jingle bell um even though Josh is going to have no idea what I'm talking about right now. Um, yeah, but, oh, there was actually something that was really cool in there. This is going to be a really long podcast, by the way. Um, there was really cool. There was the John Wayne on the horse with the backdrop and all from the great movie ride was in the corner of one of the rooms here. I thought it was awesome. Um, but we did have a backdrop set up for the tour group. So whenever they moved over to the distribution center, they kind of built the building with tour groups in mind to have like little sections for us to be able to walk through and take photos and that sort of thing. Um, so there was this little like creative costuming sign. There's all kinds of like spools of thread and we got to take a little picture in front of there, which was really cool. And it was in the same room as, uh, where all the creative costuming cast members are creating the costumes did you mention that uh, when we went in they did an announcement over the intercom no i didn't mention that so what was really funny too and totally pure speculation this is probably not true by any means oh but, my gosh he's been saying this since we went on the tour um basically when you go in the lady up at the front desk is very nice she does an announcement over the intercom that says something like uh you know, we have a backstage magic tour coming through. Backstage magic tour coming through. And so, like, immediately I'm like, oh, that's a signal. They're hiding all of the good stuff and just putting out, like, you know, normal, everyday making mini outfits. Back goes all the Star Wars stuff, probably all the Tron stuff. You know, they're hiding it because it hasn't, like, really been released yet. But purely speculation. And I just like oh to think gosh. that because it makes the story sound better. Whatever. Anyway... Once we were down at Creative Costuming, which was amazing, we... Wait, did you talk that they um, allowed us to, like, actually touch some of the Oh, costumes? no, I kind of forgot we got to do that. So, another thing that was really cool was... There was, like, one rack. Basically, while we were doing the photos, they um, allowed us to touch and feel some of the costumes that they create. Mm -hmm. Um and a lot of this stuff is done by hand. So they're back there. They're stitching and sewing and doing all this stuff by hand. Um, and it was really cool to see and feel the costumes that they that they make. Yeah, um, it was. You can feel how some of them are very heavy. Some of them look heavy but are actually very light. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the coolest things that we saw, which I don't know if 
I'm sure we can talk about this because we don't have any photos of it and we're talking about this backstage magic tour was we actually got to see the in the inner lining of Oogie Boogie mm-hmm. and how uh, they make him to look like he's full of bugs basically yeah um it was crazy. It was pretty cool how how we got to see that. And it's basically like, you know, they, they have the suit on and they have like these big giant like half moon yeah. like bags. Uh, I could only assume are filled with like stuffing. Who knows? And that, and that kind of gives um, the bulkiness of Oogie Boogie, which is really cool. And so they were in there. They were working on something. I don't, you know, really tough to tell. Yeah. It's just the inner lining of Oogie Boogie. No <laughs> sack. Is that what he is? But anyway, yes, he's a sack. Um, We went to Tiffin's at Animal Kingdom for lunch. So we actually parked in a backstage area near Pandora and walked in through the back over to Tiffin's and had our lunch there. And this was like our little pre-ordered meals that we did in the morning. And this came with an entree and a dessert, which was really nice. And then... And a beverage. Whatever. Yeah, whatever you wanted to drink, non-alcoholic. And then we got to go over to Rivers of Light. We got back on the bus and drove clear around to the other side of the park because it's kind of back behind Expedition Everest. And this is actually really cool because they just, like I said, they just started this in March. So this is a new thing added to Backstage Magic Tour, which I had no idea it was new until I looked it up. Um, But this is basically an exclusive hidden marina that we get to see on the tour. Um, and it's where like the animal barges and the lotus barges are at and basically where they prepare for the show backstage before they take it out onto the little lagoon area. What? Nothing. It's, it is. It's it's very cool. They um, Yeah, we it, got to it, see like the um, like mechanical parts of it and we got to learn about the technological parts of it. We actually got to go into like their, um, I don't even know what you call it. Not like their green room, but basically the room where they operate everything with their computers. And I felt like I was walking into, I literally said this, I felt like I was walking into Jurassic World where they have like this operation room and there's like a giant screen up in the front, a couple small ones, and like all these people are sitting on levels. It's like their control room, It's It's basically the control room. If you don't know, it takes, I think, anywhere from like 13 to 15 people to actually operate the entire show. Yeah. Um, That is... a. Several people in the actual operating room, they're using controls, um, like actual controllers that they made for the show. These There's are, only these one are, of those. Oh, I thought there was more than They that. only made um, one controller, and that's just like for and, emergency use. And um, But for the most part, the entire show is controlled via like, GPS yeah. and uh, automation, which is really nice. But, um, you know, there's guys that are in there in the control room who are checking everything, making sure things going smoothly. You have people out on the boats uh, before going into the lagoon in case something, they have a rogue boat that goes crazy. They can go in, they can lasso it and bring it back if they Mm -hmm. have to. Um, And then another really cool thing was the inside of the actual floats uh, have these special LED lights. Yeah. And they actually had to go in and like, code each and every single like led light and there was every like, single one thousands of them it was the guy was saying it was like an ungodly amount of hours that it took to mm-hmm. sync up and code each and every one yeah um, and because they didn't just do that on one float they had to do that on all the floats uh yeah they had to do it on all the animal floats yeah and i it's been a while since i've seen it and they've changed the show up slightly there's no more people there's out there. four animal floats but uh yeah i meant like the lotus ones oh but still very cool i mean it's something different um 
and pretty neat to see how that show works. It was kind of funny because the guy was like, they were talking about the show and he kind of mentioned that like it's still not without its issues. Meaning yeah. that they like they're still, still trying to figure problems. things out. But that's cool. It was different. Yeah, so, it was pretty cool. Um, the next place that we went to was actually probably my favorite of the entire place. If there oh, yeah? was ever a place that I could work at in Disney, this would be the place to work. All um, right. Super cool. We basically left Animal Kingdom and went back mm-hmm. towards Magic Kingdom. And um, if you don't know, whenever you're going into Magic Kingdom via bus, usually you turn left across from the Contemporary. Mm-hmm. We went straight through. and Back past Space Mountain. Back past Space Mountain. And you'll look over to your right and you can see where they dock or store all of the monorails. And yep. the monorail station, we made a right. And we went back to a place called Central Shops. Yep. Um, and this is basically like the heavy industrial muscle of Disney. Uh, anytime that something goes wrong with an attraction and it needs to go for refurbishment, it goes to central shops and they break it down literally to the bare frame. They'll mm-hmm. repaint it if they need to repaint it. They'll sandblast it if they need to sandblast it. They'll do whatever they have to do to fix it. Yep. And then they'll put it back out for use and whenever it goes back out for use it actually gets a lot of tests done yeah there's like a whole cycle that every attraction vehicle or whatever it is that comes into central shops there's a whole cycle it has to go through before it can actually go back out for guests yeah and so we saw rock and roller coaster rock and roller coaster the speedway Um, i think we saw there were a couple horses from the carousel there was a uh, triceratops, yeah, triceratops I spin. Yep. Uh, I think there, there's something else too. But the other cool there thing too is that this isn't only for ride vehicles. This no. is also for animatronics. Yep. So these are mainly animatronics that are going to be out uh, being weathered. Basically, I think. Not. Is it, is I don't think anything. we saw. Well, I don't think we saw anything like uh, like the redhead or anything like that back there. I don't, no, I don't the know. only things we saw were from the Jungle Cruise. Like the Jungle Cruise. And there's a lot more than just than just the ride vehicles and some of the animatronics. So another really cool thing that we saw was the old white bear. Oh, the polar bear. The polar bear. Yeah, from, we got to take a picture with it. From uh, what was Maelstrom, Maelstrom in Norway. That's right. Yeah, I only wrote it like twice when it was Maelstrom, and that was like 2009 or 2010. Yeah. But uh, it was very cool. It still works. There was like a little button you could press, and it yep. would move. And uh, in the photo, if you look back along the wall, there was oh, yeah. a, a tiki bird from the original tiki room, tiki room which mm-hmm. was cool, too. It still worked. But the other really cool thing about this place is they're not only redoing the ride vehicles, but they're doing this other thing called buttering. Um, oh, yeah. This and, is like a and, whole process. And actually creating the skin for a lot of the audio animatronics that you see out in the parks. Yeah. So, like, the skins are made from, like, a mold. And there's actually a bunch of different types of skin. Um, I don't remember what all the different types were. But, like, some aren't good to be outside in the hot, blistering Florida sun. And some just need to be inside, like, a cool, air-conditioned type environment so there's literally like i think there was like four or five different types of like skin basically for the animals and anima i mean animatronics really um but they make them basically out of a mold and they can't just make like a full figure animatronic they have to make it all in pieces and then put it together so the process 
So like Josh said, there's this process called buttering, and that's basically where they put all the pieces together of the molded pieces of skin. Yeah, and this is basically, so to put into perspective of what Taylor's saying about pieces that fit better outside and compared to the inside, a lot of like the actual like people at Audio Animatronics are made with a silicon um, base. Is, yeah, as so, long as they're like an inside, you know. Right, so it's very soft. It, 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 it doesn't feel real, but it's... It, it, it's very squishy mm-hmm. and then the stuff that they put on the outside or for the anim- audio animatronics that are outside like in jungle cruise um there it's like a little bit more tougher kind of more mm-hmm. like plasticky feeling but it's still some type of variant of like silicon something I, yeah I, basically just to be able to withstand the weather right um and then like taylor was saying they, they can't make one whole piece so what they do is they take the pieces and they'll lay them over so for example we were seeing uh, a, a lady working on one of the hyenas from Jungle yeah. Cruise. And she was um, kind of taking the mold and wrapping it around the leg and then taking a basically a hot butter knife. Butter spreadability. <laughs> I just had to throw that in there. And uh, she would take that hot knife and stick it in between the two pieces. And basically, you just kind of melt it down and butter mm-hmm. it so that it starts to form and stick together, which is yeah. really interesting. She was wearing a mask, so... Um, I'm assuming that you probably don't want to be breathing in those streams all day. That's why she's wearing a mask. But it's a lot of actual hard work. Yeah. And oh, yeah. She had to be there for hours. Oh, I'm for sure. Hours. You know, um, because you can't just, you know, once she butters it all together and it's actually together, it then has to go to somebody else for them to actually do um, technical molding. So this is where they're going to actually detail and shape the rest of the skin to make it look right because if you just leave it the way the buttering is it's going to look funny and funky um but i want to show everybody the best part about all of the hard work that those people put into those to make it look nice yep so think about the jungle cruise and what the animals look like they look like they've been out there in the elements and they look you know as real as they can for an audio animatronic and think if you took an audio animatronic that went to Central Shops, got this whole nice new paint job, new skin, everything, and then you go put it on the Jungle Cruise, it's going to stand out like a sore thumb. So what they have to do is this, basically, it's called like weathering. So they take the audio animatronics, we actually saw a lioness from the Jungle Cruise, and they literally just sit it outside at Central Shops. Literally. It just sits outside. so that And they can... let it become weathered. Yeah. To make it look. Because if you take it and you stick it back into the Jungle Cruise, yeah. brand new out of the shop, it's going to stick out. Um, and it's not going to look like it fits the rest. And obviously they can't go through, close down the entire ride, fix all of the audio animatronics, and then put them all back out there. Yeah. Know? So They just do, you know, one at a time or something. It's really interesting that you do yeah. all this work and then... Just go let it sit outside and get all worn out. <laughs> um, another thing that I want to add that was really, really cool is that when we were walking through there, we actually saw aliens <gasps> from a great movie ride, yes. which was fantastic. They were kind of on pallets and getting wrapped up and boxed up almost. To like, go somewhere, like to the farm. Going to somebody, maybe, or I don't know if they sold them off to some place. I don't think they just sell um, off stuff like that I to don't people. Know. They might have. They might. I have. doubt it. Not something they're, like they're, that. We Not were, the aliens. We were really trying to get some more information out of them, but they they couldn't tell us. Anything, Actually, the obviously. guy they didn't know. I mean, they told us they didn't know. 
they were surprised to see those there as we were. But uh, it was very cool. So you never know what you're actually going to see back there, especially whenever you're doing the tour. So yeah, it was cool. It was really cool. And oh, something I just want to mention because I thought this was really interesting. We walked through like the paint section of Central Shops and they told us that there's like special colors of paint made for Disney and they're called D colors and they're literally patent paint colors literally made just for Disney. Yeah. Which I thought was insane. But that's so cool like that they're I would have never thought of that. I mean, it like, makes sense. You know? Well, yeah, it does make sense. But, like, that's just crazy. I literally never would have thought sure. of that. And I know I've said literally a lot. Just like I said, um, a lot earlier. <laughs> um, I just said, um, right there. Yep, you did. It was cool, though. It, the Central Shops location is, if there's ever one place that I could work, that would be the place that I would I would love to work. It's just, it's yeah. so cool. You would it's get to different. see so much stuff there. You see so many things come through that place. Yeah. Uh, and knowing that you physically had a, a, a part in putting an attraction back together, yeah. fixing it and, and then putting it back out, it's just, it's awesome. So, um, yeah, we left Central Shop and we went into Magic Kingdom. And this okay. was the last stop of the entire tour. It was. Seven-hour tour. This is the last stop. Mm-hmm. And this is where we got to see the infamous Utilidors. Oh, you tried to make that really dramatic, didn't yes, you? Yes, I did. Drum roll, please. Oh, man. But anyway, if you don't know what the Utilidors are, let us explain just a little bit. So, I think I said this already, but you can't build a basement in Florida. And if you don't know why, that's because Florida itself is basically sea level. And sometimes it's actually like even below sea level. Mm-hmm. So you basically are going to hit water. And like there, this Walt Disney World was I, built on swampland to begin with. If you ever pay attention when you're driving from Walt Disney World out to Port Canaveral to get on the cruise line, mm-hmm. some of those places out along there, you're actually below sea level yeah. on the way out, which oh, is really yeah. cool. Um, but anyway, um, you can't build a basement because it would get flooded or would just... It would fill with water. Yeah, it would just, just fill with water. possible. So basically what they did is they built the Utilidors on ground level. And then they built Seven Seas Lagoon. And that's like the big lagoon out in front of Magic Kingdom. They took all that dirt from Seven Seas Lagoon that they dug up and covered the Utilidors so basically, Magic Kingdom is on the second level. I, if you haven't really paid attention, if you walk up from like the bus stop or like the ferry boat area, you actually walk up a little bit of a slant. It's a slight, it's a slight a incline. Slight incline, and that's because you're going up above the Utilidors, basically to the second level, which is technically the ground level of Magic Kingdom. It's technically the second level. The it's ground level the is level. the Utilidors. Whatever, but you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> but very cool i mean it was a place they they take us in back behind uh they take us in back in behind where did we go down at we went in behind it was behind like stores like on main street we went in behind like tony's and the bakery and all that we went in basically right by the bakery because when we were going down the bakery isn't near tony's it's on main street but that, tony's is at the front i, I mean like <laughs> that side of main street though. that's the yeah. side that we went down um and yeah yeah but we got to walk around the utilidors um and let me tell you what it's definitely not as glamorous as everybody tries to make it out to be 
They're like, oh, the Utilidors. Oh, it's so cool. It's so cool It's to mysterious. See. It, it was is, really cool to see. It kind of is mysterious, though. If you're not supposed to be down there, it's mysterious. It is. Because um, <laughs> people have snuck down there in the past. Um, but yeah, it was definitely not like... I don't know. I don't know why. I just felt like it was going to be so much more glamorous. And I think that's just because of the way people made it sound. Um, but it was still really cool to go down there. Anyway, um, if you don't know, the Utilidors is 1.3 miles of corridors underground or the first level of Magic Kingdom. And there's actually 29 stairwells that lead up into the park in different areas. And I think a lot of people know why the Utilidors were created. But if you don't, it's because in Disneyland, I'm pretty sure what it was, was a um, Walt Disney saw a cowboy walking through Tomorrowland and was like, what in the world is happening? Like, this this is not right. This can't happen. And there is no perimeter road at Disneyland. And there's no perimeter wor- road at Walt Disney World. And you can't really drive around Magic no Kingdom. World, no perimeter road. <laughs> no perimeter road at Magic Kingdom. Yeah. There are perimeter roads in Walt Disney World. Oh, did I say Walt Disney World? Around Some people think Walt Disney World is Magic other Kingdom. So, three yeah, parts. sorry. Anyway, yes, there's no perimeter road at Magic Kingdom. So there's the Utilidors. So you will not see a cowboy walking through Tomorrowland because they should be in the Utilidors. Yes. But uh, I remember Josh and I have always talked about this. Like you hear a lot of people say, um, you know, you're going to see a Mickey Mouse with his head off smoking a cigarette down the Utilidors. <laughs> <laughs> Which was not the case. I don't think I've ever heard all. anybody say that at all. I, we were literally say, joking about that. I've heard people say you will see Mickey without his head on. In cast members so smoking cigarettes. Maybe I just put it all in one. But could you imagine, though? Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. Josh is sitting here, like, shaking his head. Can't believe I just said that. But just note that did not happen. And because of safety regula- regulations. Regulation. Because of safety regulations, you can't smoke in the utilidor and you actually can't smoke in a disney park anymore but anyway that's not part of the tour (laughs) um but something else to note about uh the utilidors is they have what's called the avac system or the automated vacuum collection system and that's actually where all the trash goes now, back in the 70s when Magic Kingdom was built and the Utilidors were built, um, this was actually like a revolutionary thing. Like, legit. It was... It was. The thing. It's and kind of a, I don't know if it was the very first, but it was kind of a first of its kind. Yeah. Um, but it was proved to not be so cost-effective later on. So, they still have it at Magic Kingdom, but they didn't build Utilidors or an AVAC system in any of the other Disney parks. They just take out trash regularly in a bin. But it was cool to see the Utilidors. There was all kinds of like cool artwork and like pins and all yeah. kinds of stuff on the walls down there. And I definitely think you would get lost, but there are maps well, all over the place. The, the um the two cast members who were showing us around did say that it they was had gotten... Tiffany and Amber. Get their names right. One of them. They were awesome. Either Amber or Tiffany had said that they had gotten lost many times before, especially whenever they first started. Um, yeah. And, but they do try to have a lot of maps up just to try and show you where you're at. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been cool to actually walk the entire 1.3. We only saw basically... Under Main Street. Under Main Street. And that was, that was pretty much it. So um, it was still cool. It was different. It's very tight down there. Oh, yeah. Um, it is. 
as a large group for as many people as we had we consistently had to kind of step off to the side yeah there were like vehicles down there yeah because uh you know, I mean, it's it's an operation. They're trying to move stuff from one place to another. Mm-hmm. So, Oh, and speaking of operation, that's like what you have to think about. When you go backstage and in the Utilidors and wherever, everything is made to be like functional and operational. And Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not there for a show. So it's, it's not, not there glamorous. to look pretty and glamorous, glamorous. Yeah, it's not there to look glamorous. Um, it's there to be functional and oh, man. appropriate for workspace. Right. Where Efficient. on stage where we are when we go to the parks, that is meant to look right. pretty. So that's something that they were telling us multiple times during the tour. So, But it was a lot of fun. Um we obviously, oh, you know, we, we forgot something? to mention. <gasps> but, well, I never knew what they were called until we went on the tour. Smeltzers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and we I got to even, smell one. I don't one. even know if we actually mentioned it when we tried to record this the first we time. We didn't, and I just remembered um, it. What is really cool is if you've ever noticed walking down Main Street, mm-hmm. is you get the smell of the confectionery and, and of the bakery and of the bakery. And basically, what that is is they've got these. They're literally called smeltzers vents that just pump the smell out into main street to make you mm-hmm. smell that and when we were down there tiffany or amber had amber a, had an old bag smelter bag from the original soren ride here in walt disney world and it was smell of, the oranges yeah it was of the smell the oranges and the ride the attraction has now been gone a couple years couple years right it's been yeah. gone for a couple years she gave us the bag and she didn't give it to us but she walked around she opened it up you could still i mean it was still fresh yeah still like, smelled still like smelled just like that um and she said that's what these these are like very teeny tiny concentrated scent ball things like beads um, almost and you know they're, they're very effective in what they do um and it's very cool that was something that we got to see. They've got the pipes that are running yeah. all around. They I just thought of, it was cool that they're called smelters. They, they kind of made it seem like they don't do that anymore from what I was understanding. I don't know if that's the case. Yeah, I'm not really sure. They, Yeah, they kind of did say that they don't really do that and anymore. And now that I think about it, I don't, I'm trying to think if there's been a time on Main Street where I haven't smelt confectionery at the bakery. Smelt. Smelt it, dealt a smelter. it. A smelter. It's a smelter machine. But it was very cool. I mean, overall, um, Backstage Magic Tour was awesome. It really was. Obviously, this little discussion uh, that's over an hour long does not in any way cover everything that we really did or not at really all. describe to you what um, you will see with your own this eyes. This was pretty basic of what we did. And uh, and I would recommend that you guys go and check it out because it is something different. It's a, It gives you, I think, a better appreciation of... Disney magic in general. Yeah. Um, not only just Walt Disney World, because this is, you know, something that they do in Disneyland too and all over, I'm sure, in in, in the other countries. But it's different. It's cool. It's behind yeah. the scenes. And the cast members that we had, Amber and Tiffany, were just super knowledgeable about everything. They and were. And they had a pretty much an answer for every question that anybody had, which was Yeah, great. they pretty much did. <laughs> so. They were good at answering all the questions at, like that all of us had. Um but yeah, I definitely think so when you're in the parks, those cast those like frontline on stage cast members are like basically the ones that make the magic for you while you're in the park and the cast members that are the characters and all that sort of thing. But 
it's amazing to see how the magic is actually brought to life by the cast members that are backstage that you don't ever get to see because there literally would not be magic without them. It's very true. Yeah. But but uh, we'd be interested. Let us know down in the comments below if you're watching this on YouTube or <laughs> listening. Maybe shoot us an email or something. I think on Podbean you can comment. Yeah. Or um, just shoot us an email or something. Let us know if you've ever done a backstage magic tour, if you'd yeah. be interested, or if you have any questions, we might be able to answer those questions as oh, well. Oh, we almost forgot to mention, at the end of this tour, you get an Adventures by Disney pin of the Paddle of Power. We also forgot to mention that as the tour began, they gave us uh, free water. Oh, yeah, we got free water uh, and the, snacks. And snacks. And the cookies that they give you is a chocolate chip cookie that literally anybody... It's not a chocolate chip cookie. It's a bag of it's mini a, chocolate chip cookies. It's a bag of like mini <laughs> chocolate chip cookies. But anybody basically on planet Earth could eat them. They're yeah. like everything free. So I yeah. don't even know how All kind of allergen free. I don't even know how they're a real cookie. But, but they, they tasted good. amazing. So <laughs> closing out this week, we have the meme of the week. Go ahead. You can do this one. Because this is totally you. Oh, my gosh. It literally is, though. And as soon as I saw it, like, I could picture you in the background, like, making a face at me. So, it's a penguin sitting on a chair with his arms crossed and says... Claymation. Once... It is claymation. When someone tells me to do something I was already planning on doing. And then the penguin says, well, I'm not doing it. Well, Well, now I'm not doing it. Either way, it's all the same. I literally totally ruined that. Well, now I'm not doing it. I'm not going to edit it, so don't worry. It's going to stay like that. That's fine. But it's really funny because that penguin's literally me. That is, is it Taylor. Not? I, I would agree. I would agree. That is definitely Taylor. <laughs> for sure. 100%. You might not notice that in the videos, but at home sometimes and off camera, definitely me. And before we close out this week, uh, just a little announcement. If you've made it this far, uh, uh, these episodes should now be going up onto <gasps> Apple yes! Podcasts and potentially spotify we'll figure it out as we yeah, go Yeah, you have to have three episodes to but should be going up on those. everything everybody's been asking us about it uh they should be yes. going up this week or starting for week four yeah and you'll be um, should be able to search us as the weekly breakdown yeah i think uh, or I, the wdw couple we will let you hey, know for sure next week like i said <laughs> at the beginning of this podcast we are still figuring out podcasting because yeah. we don't do podcasting but it's a lot of fun and we, we do podcasting it. now we just got to figure it out I'm sure we do <laughs> lots of youtube videos so yeah i think that's gonna do it and that's the weekly breakdown 